Well, hey friends, welcome to season five, episode number one. You know, I really want to call you friend. I love connecting with you in this impersonal way, a podcast, to be able to just share my heart. I have the camera set up here uh, in my office and I want to sort of look to the lens as if I'm talking to you uh, sitting across my desk and we're just sharing wisdom with one another because I do think we are better together. And God is teaching me things over and over and over again as I continually host this Leadership Lessons podcast. I want to be in a position to continue to learn uh, things from uh, church leaders, church planners, missionaries. You know, they really are my heroes. I call you all friends because we are partners in the gospel doing this thing together. And I'm excited to be able to have season five full of great content with great church leaders to be able to pour into you. There's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do. And so I'm happy to be a part of that in your life. Uh, I appreciate you hearing me or even watching me uh, right now on YouTube. I just am so grateful to be able to host this Leadership Lessons podcast and start a new season. There are so many great lessons and things planned in store. I am super pumped and have been pumped as I've been editing videos, having interviews, collecting leadership lessons, all these different things going on with this ministry called EE Leaders. Our goal is to encourage and equip church leaders like yourself. So stay tuned, uh, keep in touch, subscribe, uh, um, hit the notification bell. Make sure that you are listening to this show, Leadership Lessons Podcast, and also connecting with us on social media, uh, because I really think that we need to be learning together, and this is a place where we can build community to encourage and equip one another and just continue to do things God's called us to do. And so we have actually an Instagram page where I try to keep updated. You could DM me in that uh, social media channel. Um, the handle is EE Leaders. That's EE Leaders. You could also find us on Facebook. Or what I'm really excited about this season is YouTube. Why? Well, because we are back with video content. Yes, I did get a haircut yesterday trying to look fresh for this video. Uh, it was a very important appointment that I had with you today to be able to start season one our episode one, season five, just fresh, looking clean. But seriously, uh, I want to build community on YouTube. I want to build that page and be able to post a lot more uh, content in between the episodes. And so I don't want to just have a podcast, but there's a lot of video content that I've been curating and collecting that I want to be able to post regularly on that social media platform and uh, actually introduce a lot of new segments, um, video segments to this podcast and to the YouTube channel. So make sure you go to our YouTube page to connect with that. You know, it's a social media platform. We'll give you great content. You can connect with us. We can enjoy one another in the comment section, uh, answering questions, getting feedback, all that stuff. And so I think having this content in bite-sized pieces, even video shorts is really encouraging. It will be a blessing to you. So go ahead and check that out. It's YouTube backslash EE leaders. You can search for it, subscribe, share, comment, like, uh, and tell other people about this ministry, because I think there's going to be some great content coming forth as we journey along season five, uh, with this leadership lessons podcast. And so, uh, man, this season, the Lord really put it on my heart to really not only encourage you as a church leader, but to truly equip you as well. And so for me, that means more 
uh, connection points and more resources. I want to be able to connect with you all. Uh, we've been really blessed to see uh, the ministry grow at EE Leaders and we want to build community. And so the way that I'm able to do this is through a new ministry or platform, a Patreon page. Uh, if you never heard of Patreon, it's a platform where people can connect with one another and support creators to make more content. It's probably known best for the behind the scenes content or maybe exclusive access content, uh, special access stuff that you can only get on that platform where creators load and their audience is able to uh, build community and just really enjoy those resources. And so I thought, man, this would be a great platform for us as church leaders, the EE leaders community to be able to connect, to be able to share resources, to not only just encourage through the podcast and video content, but also to equip, to equip you guys with more resources. And so I'm really pleased to hear people actually listen to this podcast. Listen, this uh, has been an incredible journey uh, to be able to pour into church leaders over the last several years and to see what God has done to be able to use someone like me to even minister to other people in uh, in ministry that are serving the Lord so faithfully. is just an honor and it's a privilege. And I never would have thought we would have had more than 40 or 50 listeners uh, at a podcast. You know, this is a special niche pastors, missionaries, church planners, people that are volunteering, serving God's house, um, that want to learn and grow with me. And we've just seen exponential growth in this podcast. And so we're really appreciative that you're a part of our community, but my really heart is to connect, to still pour into 40 or 50 leaders that I can help in any way that I can. So I'm using this platform, Patreon as a resource to you. I want it to be a place where we can connect in a very more, uh, personal, way, special way, and in a private way. Uh, with this podcast, uh, you know, I'm speaking to a mass audience, but I'd love to have an opportunity to hear your story, to answer questions, uh, a place where we can connect and not just you and I, but other leaders connect you with other leaders and even have you join in the conversation. Uh, it's a place where I can answer questions and keep asking questions, giving you guys extra content of interviews, uh, more private interviews and pastoral interviews uh, with people that I'm connected with. And so sometimes the context isn't always the best uh, for a pastoral conversation on the World Wide Web. But I want to dig deep and dig uh, and grow together and just keep on digging into relationship and pouring into people that God has allowed me to. And so this platform allows us to do this well, uh, as sort of like a private social media account for us, our community as church leaders, you can connect with me, you can connect with others, um, but it's also a place not to just be encouraged to get new content, but it's, it also will really help us equip you uh, and give you more resources. And I'm really excited about this because I have a, a heart of generosity. Uh, I'm able to upload resources. And yes, that includes uh, bonus episodes, that includes interviews or extra video stuff, but it also includes a lot of the things that we deal with on a daily or weekly basis in ministry, especially working uh, in the church as far as system processes, uh, PDFs, um, PSD files, that would mean graphics, uh, sermon series, notes on things, PDFs, whatever it may be, I'm able to now upload those resources to the community and to give them out liberally and just be there for you guys. Um, I had a friend that recently just believed in the ministry. 
Uh, shout out to Pastor Ron Jones, uh, one of the first subscribers of my Patreon page. And um, he joined and he noticed uh, a few years back that I taught through Acts and he's going to be teaching through the book of Acts. And so he said, hey, bro, can I get those graphics? And I was like, absolutely. I'll put it in the Patreon page, bro. I'll even send you my notes, man. Let me know. Uh, let's chop it up and talk through this book of Acts. And man, just anything that I can do to help. So now I'm able to just pour into those uh, the sermon series, the slides, the Photoshop files. So he can tweak. He can add his own logo, his own fill if he wants. And then it could save him a whole bunch of time in that area. And he can focus more on studying and praying. And so it excites me to be able to practically help in that way. And I want to let you know if you're a part of the Patreon group in any way, anything that we do as a church, or you see me that I do graphic wise, man, ask me to put it in that community, put your logo on it and it's yours. You could even have the PSD file or the Photoshop file to be able to edit things uh, the way that you really want it. And I pray that it saves you a lot of time and is a great resource. And as many of you know, I'm bivocational as you're planning a church, as you're on the mission field, as you're working full time and serving at the church, man, it helps so much to be able to just say, Oh, look at that. Daniel has three, four, five different Easter series on the Patreon page that I could just choose one from, have my own notes, my own points, but just, I don't have to worry about some of this other stuff. And I think that that, that's going to save you guys a lot of time, hopefully equip you and help you. And, uh, it's not just graphics, but it's also resources that, uh, that can bless you spiritually. I, I was able to throw in, um, you know, uh, a PDF file that my wife wrote during Christmas. She wrote a book. So I just put the PDF there and said, Hey, I hope this blesses you or a couple of articles, resources of uh, things I'm studying. And just, uh, I find it's a helpful thing to be able to not only give you a video, but to equip you with digital resources. And so that's a layer or a level of this community. As I'm interviewing a pastor friend of mine on membership, I ask him, Hey, can I get some PDFs examples and walk through of what a membership class looks like or what a covenant looks like for a membership? And he said, sure. Yeah. And so I'm able to pass that on to you. And so I'm looking forward to not only me passing things on, but as you're a part of this community, you connecting with other church leaders and saying, Hey, what can, what were your bylaws? What do you think about this and building a community? And so last month I just wrote this down. I uploaded a video interview, some digital resources like a mailer, a door hanger, and a postcard, a prayer card. Um, I uploaded another PDF devotional that my wife wrote and I shared some articles and links. And so on this monthly membership that you're a part of, you'll be able to have tiers and levels. Maybe you just want the bonus content, special access. Great. But maybe you even want like a one-on-one -on -one conversation, some coaching, uh, man, I'd love to give you help in any way I can. And this is just a systematic, uh, great way that I'm able to do that. And, um, looking forward to building that community. And I want you to be a part of that community. And so that's sort of the vision. That's the goal of my Patreon page, how we're starting that. And, um, man, uh, I'm looking forward to how that will evolve. And I'm looking forward to feedback from our community to see how we can be better together and minister to one another in this group. And so hopefully you can search my name, uh, Daniel Williams, our EE leaders, uh, on the Patreon page, but I will put the link in the description below and you can sign up and join today because this is a real way that you can be equipped by this ministry.
And so, man, uh, again, vision is happening. New things are happening like new ministries um, and not only new ministries, but in this podcast, new segments. Yes, that's right. Segments in the show as the Holy Spirit has been leading me. He's been guiding me and giving me vision for this ministry, this podcast to equip and encourage you. And uh, I'll talk more about these new segments. But first, I want to get into the meat of our lesson today, uh, a lesson I learned and I'm going to share with you on being led by God, being led by God. You know, I think we need Bible studies. We need people to pour God's word into us. And so leadership lessons, although there are interviews, I want to make sure that I'm asking people that have been really touched by God, important lessons they've learned to pass that on to you all. And uh, this was something, a lesson that God taught me and reminded me of as uh, we as a church have been studying through the book of Exodus and how God led his people through a cloud and through a, a cloud in the, in the wilderness and through a, um, a fire. And so, uh, man, I hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you in my office after you hear or watch this lesson. Well, hey guys, it's Daniel here, and I want to give you a lesson talking to you about how God leads us as leaders, as his people. Uh, God taught me this important lesson as I'm studying through the book of Exodus as a church. Uh, just wanted to take out a couple of notes and things from my message to the church, but also uh, the wisdom I'm leaning as a, a, a leader from this text as I was studying. I want to sort of take it not just in a congregational application, but with us as church leaders to be led by God, that God leads us as church leaders. And this is so important to understand. Uh, it's so important to know and to have God's guidance in our leadership. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. You know, it's through the gospel that Jesus removes our sin, gives us grace and uh, redeems us, forgives us sin, gives us his righteousness and has poured his spirit into us. And we're in relationship, intimacy with God. And we're able to hear his voice be led by God himself for the work that he wants to do. And so he's a good shepherd. He leads us and cares about us. And I saw this principle sort of from Exodus chapter 13 uh, about the people of God. He was leading out into a place, uh, another level of maturity and depth and salvation, his people, the Israelites. Psalm 78, 51 and 52 says, He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. You know, God saves us from sin, but He saves us for His glory, His purposes, His plan. And He leads us, just like He led the, the nation of Israel out of bondage of slavery from Egypt, but it was actually for the promised land. And we've been saved to do good works, predestined to do good works. We uh, are thriving when we follow God and follow His leading by the power of the Holy Spirit of who He is and, and His character and nature and what He tells us to do. And so we need to be sensitive to His voice because it's so important. And it takes a lifetime to be led by God and to seek Him and to pursue Him and depend on Him. Jeff Morrison said it took one night to take Israel out of Egypt, but 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. You know, justification is a one moment thing. You say a prayer and you're saved, man. It's, you're fully forgiven. But sanctification is a process. 
And I just want to encourage you guys, God's leading you as a church leader because it's a process to sanctify you. He loves you. He cares about you and me. And so he has a great plan for our life and he wants to lead us in certain ways. And I think we can take these principles from Exodus chapter 13 about how he led the nation of Israel uh, and because he still works in these ways. He still works in these ways. I love what Warren Wiersbe said about just sort of how um, Israel's exodus from Egypt wasn't the um, end of their experience with God or their salvation, but it was just the beginning. Uh, He says God liberates us and then leads us through a variety of experiences of life, a day at a time, so that we might get to know Him better and claim by faith all that He wants us to have. At the same time, we come to know ourselves better and we discover our strengths and weaknesses and we grow in understanding God's will and trusting His promises. God wants to lead you and I as leaders. He wants to lead you and I as just Christians, His followers, His people. And so how does He do this? How does He do this? Well, in this passage, chapter 18, or 13, verses 17 through 21, I want to read it to us real quick and just talk about three ways of sort of how He leads uh, Christians, church leaders, you and I, how we are led by God Himself and how He led His people, not only then, but still today. Uh, in verse 17, it says, Then Pharaoh let the people go. So this is right after the plagues, the firstborn, the Passover. And uh, it said, God did not lead them uh, by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. He didn't lead them that way. For God said, lest the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, so Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. They moved on from Succoth and encamped in Athen on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them day by day and in the pillar of cloud to lead them along the way by night in a pillar of fire uh, to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, he did not part before uh, from them, um, before the people. And so, to sort of sum up that passage, to get context of where we're going, the passage, we see God lead his people, the Israelites, in three different ways here. Uh, in verses 17 and 18, we first see God puts a route before his people that are unusual. It's an unusual way. It's crazy. It's not the easiest or closest route, but he sends them into this wilderness. The second thing we see is in verse 19, God uses Joseph's faith to encourage the people and Moses takes out these bones, and that's significant, to lead his people and to remind him how he leads by faith. The third thing we see in verses 20 through 22, God was before them, his people, his presence in a pillar of cloud uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them and he was with them. And so what I want to do through this leadership lesson is show you that God still leads his people, you and I like this, with these principles. God leads us, his people, church leaders, by unusual ways. He leads us to take directions and steps of faith, and he leads us with his presence. Those three things I want to talk to you about, and the first thing is found in verse 17 and 18, how God uses uh, unusual ways to lead people like you and me to even lead uh, his church. Uh, the very first thing we see is this in this text is God is planning a route for His people. He has a plan. He has a purpose. We know that. And He's planning this route for His people. And verse 17 said, God did not lead them by way of land of Philistines, 
although that was near. Now you have to imagine at this time the people just got set free. Uh, the chapter tells us that there were 6, 600,000 men plus women and children. So scholars think between two to three million people. Two to three million people being led out of the wilderness. Now, if you're Moses, the leader, you want the quickest, easiest route. You want a pathway to lead these people, to get food, to organize. Like, think about your friends. Sometimes it takes, it's too hard for us to even organize where we're going to go to dinner. Uh, you know, as even as an organizational of a church of 50, 500, 5,000, that's really hard. Can you imagine organizing 2 million people, 3 million people? It's crazy. And so, Right from the get-go, we see God's goal is different than necessarily your and I's goals. See, God's goal, His destination was the promised land, Canaan. Uh, he had promised this to His people. The people were currently in Sakoth, which actually means shelter, which means shelters. They were in a, a comfortable situation, but God said, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to lead you from this comfortable spot and move you over here. God hadn't called them to stay in their comfort zones, to be comfortable, because He knew this wasn't the best place for it. For them, and he knows this isn't the best place for us. Uh, he he knew that uh, he had a promise to fulfill in, in Genesis chapter 15 that there was this land flowing with milk and honey. And oftentimes, God wants to lead us. We need to know His heart. He wants to lead us into a better place than where we're at. He wants to mature us. He has a different goal in mind than just the easiest route or for us to be comfortable. And so He leads these people right from the start, not wanting them to settle, to be uncomfortable from Sakoth to Canaan, which would be hard. Yes, God calls us and leads us into hard places, maybe even uncomfortable places. But this is who our God is. He knows what's best for us. So when you and I, we plan out a trip, we want from point A to point B. I'm right here. I want to go and point um, to point B and maps, you put the address in, maps pop, pops up a couple of routes. You don't even think about it because you just hit the top one, which means the fastest route, right? You just want to get there quick and easy, but not so with God. He doesn't just want us to get from point A to point B in our walk with Him. He wants for us to grow spiritually. He wants the best for us. God has a plan and a purpose. God has other purposes in mind involving just a point A and point B. He wants to conform you like Christ. Romans 8, 28 and 29, we know this. It tells us that God is actively working in our lives to accomplish His will to conform us to the image of Christ. He loves us and we can know that He has our best in mind. So like the Israelites, He may direct us to get out of our comfort zone, to lead us that may not make sense to us like the way of the Philistines made sense to us the people of Israel at the time, even though it was the easiest, even though it was near. And this goes against our flesh. It goes, it's something that we have to deal with continually. Warren Wiersbe said again, if you permit the Lord to direct your steps, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, expect to be led occasionally on paths that may seem, uh, may seem unnecessary, long, and hard. So following God takes time because He wants us to mature. It goes against the natural pattern of the flesh, a desire to just to be quick and easy. But remember, God is our shepherd. He guides. He loves. He cares. Psalm 23.3 says He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And so this is where we get the, the idea where the Lord works in mysterious ways. Because um, sometimes when He leads us during a harder path, an unusual route, it doesn't make sense to us. Um, but we know that God, we could trust God. He's sovereign. He has a plan and purpose that cannot be thwarted. And nothing is by surprise. His ways are higher than our ways, Isaiah 55 says. They're great. He has greater thoughts than our thoughts. And so we need to trust Him.
We need to trust Him. And this is why verse 17 and 18 goes on to say that God led them around the way of the Philistines because He knew what was best for them. And it says that it was because it was for the people's good, lest the people change their minds and they go back and want to go back to Egypt. You know, later on in, that, in the journey of Exodus, uh, once they actually did reach Canaan, and saw how big the enemies were. They called them giants, like we're like grasshoppers of these giants. They actually said in Numbers 14.4, let's appoint another leader and go back to Egypt. God knew their weaknesses. He knew where what was best for them, so he led them to a harder way so they would develop and they would grow. And he does the same thing for me and you. It's not a punishment that he leads you in an unusual way or it's hard. As a church leader, it's crazy the stuff that God leads you in and you have no idea why and when you're just so frustrating. But know that He is good and He has a plan and He has a purpose. And it may not be the easiest thing physically or even spiritually to do sometimes as a leader, but it actually is important. It's His guiding. He leads us in unusual ways. And this unusual way is known as the desert or the wilderness. Did you notice that? Verse 18 says, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the, the Red Sea. Now, what a weird thing to think about. God leading people to a wilderness toward the Dead Sea. I mean, a dead end, the Red Sea. Um, but we know this was the place right where He wanted them to be. He wanted them to be dependent on Him and to do another mighty work in their life. You see, in order for us to see miracles, we actually have to have a situation where we need a miracle and God to move. And He wants to blow our minds. He wants to be in worship. This principle is still true today. God leads us through desert seasons, wilderness, dark nights of our soul, places of great discomfort and even isolation to allow His Spirit to work in our lives. Yes, it's an unusual way. He'll actually lead you as a church leader to be sanctified through the ministry. Because He's that good. He knows. He's going to bring those problem people in your life. He's going to do all this stuff because He knows it's best for us. And as you often talk to people that go through hard times, desert times, wilderness times, uh, things that don't make sense, they talk about how important it is for their own maturity and how close the Lord as their shepherd was in the midst of that trial or that situation. They had deep intimacy and grew to another level of maturity. You know, it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into this wilderness, the desert. You remember chapter uh, 4 of Matthew before he was tempted by the devil. But rather than just looking at that situation like, oh, poor Jesus, you have to think, uh, you know, uh, poor Jesus, I'm so sad that he's going into the, the desert and the wilderness. It's so messed up before he is tempted by the enemy. You have to understand God led Jesus into the wilderness to be prepared, to be in silence and solitude and prayer and fasting. So he was equipped to fight off the enemy. We know that Jesus actually didn't fall into that temptation. He didn't stumble. He walked into the plan of God, being led by the Spirit, to prepare himself for the wilderness so he could fight the battle. God is preparing you, even in these unusual ways. This is why we need to be constantly in prayer to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit and align our hearts with God's will. We need to be humbling ourselves in prayer when we don't understand what is going on and why God calls us to certain things. We need to have that hum humble posture like David, Psalm 25, 4, who said, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me to your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and you I will wait all the day long. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, and we need to wait on God as we see His plan 
just go out in our lives as he, we get led in these unusual ways. And the second thing I want to, to bring up is they're not just unusual ways that he leads us, like he did the people of God here, but he leads us by faith. This is what verse 19 tells us. We know that Hebrews 11:6 tells us it's impossible to please God uh, without faith. God wants us to trust him, and he gives us opportunity to do so as he leads. He strategically leads us in situations where we have to trust him. Remember, it's from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God wants us to go from one step of faith to another step of faith, to have one step of glory to another step of glory. Maturity, sanctification. He leads us in these ways, and he guides us, and as we obey him by faith, he reveals more to us uh, by his word and by his voice, and it's a beautiful thing. I love what John 14, 21, Jesus said, whoever has com- uh, my commandments and keeps them, he it is Uh, It is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. As we are walking in obedience and taking steps of faith, God gives us and grants us faith and gives us a peace, a situation to apply his word, to live it out, and it's actually in that faith, that step of faith that we are led, we actually build a confidence who God is, and we mature from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Uh, But again, faith doesn't mean it will be easy. God knows this, and this is why verse 19 is so important to us, because it serves as a reminder that God is faithful in His Word, and we can trust Him in His ways. And we know this because Moses took Joseph's bones out of Egypt with him. Before Joseph died, he made his brothers promise him they wouldn't buy into, um, they wouldn't bury him uh, in the land of Egypt. Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 and 25. Joseph trusted God and he would, uh, that he would fulfill his covenant promise made to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 15, that the people of God would be to Canaan. Hebrews 11.22 puts it this way, By faith Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. So Joseph's bones were uh, were there uh, to not be buried in Egypt, and they served as a reminder to the people, even as they were slaves, that you can trust God in His Word, that God will fulfill His promises. And Joseph served as a legacy to other people to build their faith. Joseph, you know, he would have an unexpected hard route and life as well, uh, with a lot of suffering. But the end of his life, you know what? He would trust God and he would say, you can trust him too. Genesis 50 verse 20 sort of sums up his story. As you know, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God has and is uh, uh, has an ultimate plan and purpose that no one could thwart. And Joseph was a testimony to that. You know, I think having memorials and reminders are good. When you see God work in your life, to be able to, as a leader, look back and write it down and say, no, God did this and God did that. And, um, you know, I have things in my office, things from like an ordination paper where men, other godly men laid hands on me. Um, and it's just hanging up on my wall, not as a requirement to do what I do, but as a reminder to me that there are people that believe in the gifting, the calling that I was sent Or maybe last year I went to Austria and, uh, you know, just taking a few rocks to know how special that was. Uh, Usually when I travel, I try to buy a souvenir that reminds me of it, a water bottle, a pair of shoes, something so I can have reminders uh, of, of what God did. I think we actually even serve as reminders for one another. I think Hebrews 10 tells us this is why we shouldn't forsake the fellowship of the brethren, because we can stir one another's faith. 
And this is what Joseph did. This is the significance of it. He's a reminder that God guides us in unusual ways, and he guides us to have steps of faith, and he's going to work it out. And so Moses is like, let's get those bones. Let's get out of here. Joseph was right, and God's still going to lead us. And sometimes we need another brother to come alongside of us and say, God, hey, I know you're discouraged, but God did this in my life. He's going to do that to you. Or you know what? Um, we need a memorial and a reminder when we go into our office, a, a gift or a, a reminder. No, God worked in, in this year in my life in that way. He's going to work in the future. We need, we need these ways because God leads us in unusual ways. He leads us by faith, but most importantly, He leads us by His presence. He leads us by His presence. The nation was led and guided by a pillar of cloud by day that became fire by night. Uh, in verses, those last verses, verses 20 and 22, you know, the nation was led and guided by a pillar of cloud by day, which protected them from the sun, but then it became fire by night. Exodus 14, 19 says, the pillar was identified with the angel of the Lord. God's presence was with his people in this special way. Exodus 40, verse 38 calls this cloud the cloud of the Lord. Uh, it was his presence, the Shekinah glory. It would later dwell in the tabernacle and then even the temple. It signified God's presence with his people. And throughout scripture, we see fire as a picture of the Holy Spirit in the cloud, the Shekinah glory of God. And it was a visible sign with his people as they journeyed for 40 years in the desert. You know, verses 21 and 22 say the pillar went before them. It led the people and it did not part before the God. Are before the people. God specifically gave his presence to shield them from the sun with a cloud, and he guided them at night to comfort them. God only guided them with his presence, but visibly spoke to them as well through this cloud. Psalm 99 verse 7 says, In the pillar of the cloud he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statue that he gave them. It was a sign to them. And he was guiding his people with his word. Exodus 22 verse 21, uh, 20 and 21 says, Behold, I sent a messenger, an angel before you to guard, guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay, pay close attention to him and obey his voice. So the people were to follow the promptings of God's presence. When the cloud moved, you moved as well. If it stopped, you stopped. If the pillar of fire moved, you moved that way as well. And then when it stopped, you stopped. Where God goes, he guides his people and he led them with this voice. He led them. Now, for us today as church leaders, we're led in those same ways. I know many of us, we think, well, I wish I had a cloud in this decision, a huge cloud and a pillar. Like, it'd be so easy to just follow God. But let, us remind, let me remind us of something. We have something better. We have the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us as a believer. And the new covenant after Christ's early ministry and ascension, we now have the Holy Spirit dwelling in individuals as Jesus promised in John 14, 17. He dwells with you and will be in you. Paul described in this new covenant, this gospel, this good news uh, in Colossians, he says it's now Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ's spirit is no longer in a pillar, a tabernacle, or a temple, but it's in all of us as believers. So Jesus removed our sin. He's given us his spirit and he leads us like a good shepherd. And that good shepherd still speaks to us today. The pillar spoke, God speaks to us. We have God's Spirit with us, listening to His voice. As Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. The Holy Spirit is inspired Scripture where we can glean from and learn. You know, as leaders, are we in God's Word? Are we being led by God's Word? Are we allowing Him to speak to us? You know, the Word of God in Jeremiah 23, 29 is described as fire. In Psalm 119, 105, it's described as light. 
He guides us in this way. The Spirit of God, three, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, It's there for our equipping to reprove, give correction, uh, guide us in this life, that the man of God may be equipped. Are you being equipped by the Word of God like the pillar of cloud was leading the people? Are you being equipped by the Word of God? Jeremiah 23, 23, God said, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? God is still with us today. He is Emmanuel. And His presence is personal. And He guides us through His Spirit and His Word. And what I love about this, it's a supernatural, natural thing. It's a very natural thing to read, right? To use your brain to read some text. You can pick up a book, a John Grissom book, whatever. But it's a supernatural thing because God's Word is alive and active. And He never contradicts His Word. He speaks through His uh, Word and through His Spirit. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division, the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let's not forget the cloud and Scripture are supernaturally natural and the way that God still guides us today. The Word of God is, has a transformative effect. And I would just encourage you to be in God's Word, to be led by God's Word as He's leading you in passive faith and, and unusual ways you can get guidance and hear His voice. But let us also not forget that the cloud became fire. This same pillar manifested itself in a different way in a different season. It was nighttime, so it was not a cloud anymore, right? It's just not a cloud. Cloud's sort of natural in Florida. You see pillows of clouds everywhere, and they're big, and you can be like, oh, I'll just go this way. But you don't see fire. Even though it's sometimes hotter than fire outside with the humidity here in Florida, you don't see a big ball or pillar of, of fire in the sky. It was unusual, but yet this is the way that God guided his people then. And I think it's the way that he guides us today. You know, I believe that I think that this represents the manifestations of the Spirit. Found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, how the Spirit of God dwells in us. And then as the body of Christ comes together, we actually told that God has given gifts to men and empowered us through the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need to glean from wisdom from people and prophetic words. And um, manifest literally means to exhibit or to reveal, to shine forth. And in that text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he describes these manifestations or gifts as words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning spirits, gifts of healing, working of miracles, gifts of faith, gift of prophecy, of tongues, and inspiration or interpretation of tongues. We need to be able to understand that God actually still uses the gifts of the Spirit to guide us. He'll give us a prophetic word or a vision or in our prayer time, even with a still small voice. But as the body gets together, we can actually be led by the fire of God. We know that the fire fell amongst the believers as they were praying in Acts and the day of Pentecost. And God still wants to guide us as we get together and we pray and have prophetic words and ministry to one another. And so it's so important. Jesus said, signs will accompany those who believe, Mark 16, verse 7. Those signs are by the power of the Holy Spirit who is with us, in us, and enables us and empowers us to do the will of God. And so He leads us with His presence, His indwelling in us, and uses both His Word and His Spirit and these gifts in this way to guide us. It's a pretty amazing thing. And so I just wanted to pass that along to you to let you know that God does guide us as a church leader. Man, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit, God Himself, and I know that He'll guide you as you seek Him. He'll guide you, He'll guide you in unusual ways, like He did the people of God here. Maybe not the easiest route, maybe a different route than what you thought, but He knows what's best for you, and it's going to take some faith. You're going to have to trust Him. 
But don't you worry. There are people around you in the church that are leading by faith that should spark you on. There are people that have come before you, and I want you to be a legacy to those following you, that you can live by faith. Joseph, just as Joseph was an example and encouragement to the people of God, Moses took those bones out, and then God specifically, with His presence, led His people. And with His presence, He leads us as church leaders today. God bless you guys. I hope this helped. May you be aligned by the Spirit of God as you pray and seek Him, and may you hear His voice and learn to trust and follow Him to the glory of God. We'll talk to you soon. Well, I love that this Leadership Lessons podcast has caused me to walk in humility. I'm continually growing and learning and being able to ask other leaders to give input has been so important to me. I want to be in a posture of always growing, always learning. And uh, man, as I um, pass these things on to you that people are pouring into me, I hope that you're blessed as well. I don't want to be the only voice in this podcast and I'm more of a host, more of uh, gathering things from different people and making comments and sort of just being our guide in this process of humility is growing as a church leader, a church planner, a missionary, uh, a servant of Christ. As we serve his people, we need to continually grow. And so, man, I was reminded of how important it is to be led by God, uh, not only in ministry um, at the church, but to even equip you, to encourage you. And this is where God has been leading me recently to invest more time into this ministry of EE leaders, uh, because I love how God has placed so many people in my life uh, that are serving him that I could pass on wisdom to you. And so I've been strategically thinking, like, how do I do this? Um, with not only building a community, but just continually having uh, more content and more encouragement for you. And so I'm bringing back this segment I call One piece of advice, one piece of advice, uh, and having more voices, more leaders than just myself pour in to you. And so, man, I ask a church leader, uh, to give me a piece of advice, not the piece of advice, but a piece of advice that they would want to share to this community, another church leader, someone faithfully serving God in the church, uh, and point them to the Lord in five minutes or less. And so just a nugget of wisdom. And in this season, I've specifically asked a lot more women to come on and share their wisdom and perspective with me. Now we've had women share uh, in the past as well before, but I'm just excited in this season that so many women that I've asked, ladies that I've asked have actually said, yes, who knows? My wife may even be on in this season. You guys can start praying because she doesn't like the camera. But uh, man, a lot of women have responded and they're full of wisdom. And so we're kicking this segment off with Tiffany Valenzuela with her one piece of advice. Uh, Tiffany is married to Esteban and they're church planners in Madrid, Spain. And my wife and I, Laura, man, we've known these uh, this couple for about 12 years now, uh, we all met as church planners, uh, in, as a, a church planner intensive in California, um, where we lived for a month and just learned from others. It was a great uh, time at the Bible College down in Marietta, California, and it was such an amazing, rich time that forged a lot of relationships, made a lot of connections. And one of these divine appointments or connections was our friendship with um, Esteban and Tiffany Valenzuela. And we've actually had our church had the privilege to support. Esteban and Tiffany as missionary church planners for years now, as they've just been faithful to the calling that God has placed.
placed on their heart to plant a church in Madrid and to plant other churches. And so we love Estevan, Tiffany, uh, Isabel, Samuel, Bristol, uh, their children as well. And we've actually visited them. We, um, have ministered with them and I'm just excited for you to meet some of the other people that we're connected with uh, and especially Tiffany because man this girl can preach so along with leading worship doing much discipleship in the church uh, I'm just really glad that she was able to record a video from Madrid Spain for us and so here is her video on how God gets the glory from our weakness he turns our weakness into strength I'm Tiffany Valenzuela. My family and I are in Madrid, Spain, church planting. We've been here for eight years. And I have one piece of advice for you today. Um, just as Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians, about how he chose to boast in his weaknesses. So why? So that he would not become proud. And we all know about the thorn in his flesh that he, he cried out to God three times, please take it away. And what did God say? He's like, no, you know what? Actually, my grace is sufficient for you. For, for my power works best in your weakness. Oh man, being a missionary here in, in Spain is just, well, being a missionary anywhere, doing ministry anywhere, it's just a trick, no? And so we came here eight years ago. I didn't know any Spanish. And it has just been something, like being an adult, being a mom to three children. At times, I'm like, Lord, this is impossible to learn a new language. And so here, we're here, we're ministering, like everything we do is in Spanish. Um, the church, all the ministry there is in Spanish. Um, the discipleship that we do, all the worship, um, all of these things. It's like, Lord, so many times I've said, Lord, you know that if you called us like to the States or to another English speaking country, don't you know how much more effective I would be to, to teach people about you, to be able to counsel people, to, to comfort people, to really share what's on my heart. Lord, don't you realize that? And yet over the years, I'm convinced that, you know, he just gets more glory for it. Even though at times I feel like I speak like a little child in this language, although we're like leaders in the church, my husband's a pastor, I'm the pastor's wife, I lead worship, all these things. And at times I'm like, these poor people, like what do they think when they come here? But I'm convinced, I am seriously convinced that God just gets more glory in it. Maybe we'll never see it on this side of eternity. Maybe we won't. But he has called us. And that is something that, that we need to remind ourselves that, that he's called us to these churches, to these countries, to these groups of people doing ministry in this language or in this neighborhood, whatever. He like he's called us knowing our weaknesses. Like our weaknesses, the things that do not come natural to us, those are not a surprise for him. And yet he has called us to operate in those. And I, I, I am sure it's because he gets the glory. It's nothing in us. Our pride can't rise up and be like, oh, look what I did because there is nothing I can say that I'm doing here in this ministry that is so good. Or it's, oh man, I've really perfected this. Like not at all. But you know what? 
Lord, here it is. I am offering this service to you because you're going to get the glory. And it's amazing to see whenever we step out in faith because that's what it is. It's a step of faith in our weakness and we see God begin to move and we see God begin to work and really our hearts just give him praise because we know that it had to be a work of the spirit to work in spite of my in spite of my weaknesses. And we all know the Hall of Faith, chapter 11 of Hebrews and how he's talking about all these people that we can't wait to meet one day. We're going to meet them and we can't wait. Like you think about Abraham and how God called him to a new land, a land that he didn't even know. We're like, yes. I want to be like that. Abraham, you rock. You know, we want to see all these people, Rahab, all of them. Can't wait to meet them. But at the end of the list, he's like, and if I had time, I could tell you about this person and that person and how they shut the mouths of lions. And this is what he says, because their weakness was turned to strength. He's not saying like, man, they were this, they were that. Think about Moses. He couldn't even speak. Man, I relate with him, you know, but our weakness is turned to strength and that is God's realm. That is not the realm here on this earth. That is just part of God's kingdom. In our weakness, something happens. So I'm gonna encourage you, step out in faith and continue ministering, even if you're weak, even if you're at the, the end, you're like, I just don't have it anymore. Step out in faith and continue in your weakness because his grace is sufficient for you and it's sufficient for me. The Lord bless you all. Bye. Well, amen and amen. I hope you were blessed by that video and the voice of Tiffany being able to share that truth. So grateful, so appreciative uh, that God's grace is sufficient for you and I today. She was fired up. It makes me fired up. I'm pumped after I listened to that. Uh, man, to be stepping out in faith, and it pleases God. I, I want to do more. I want to plant more churches. I want to invest more in the kingdom, live by faith. And so, uh, man, we have all these segments and some new segments for you in this podcast. That's right. The podcast isn't over. We are just hanging out. And I've learned this, especially with my family. They have a few podcasts that they look forward to it every week and you feel like you get to know the people that you're listening to. And so I, I want you to know me. I want you to see the seasons that I'm going in, uh, learning from doing. And so I want to introduce you to another, uh, segment that to this podcast where I think it's going to bless you. It's recommended books that I want to give you resources, things that I'm currently reading or that have struck a chord in my heart that I want to recommend to you. Um, and so I'm a big reader. Uh, I love how God has used others in their in my life with their writings. And so I want to be able to pass some of these things on that I've been learning and reading to you, even some classic books as just resources with different topics. And today uh, I was reminded of this, of how powerful recommendations are as I finally picked up a book uh, that I was recommended by a couple other podcast leaders over and over again. I had to hear it a couple of times. And so I ordered it, I read through it, uh, and I currently, um, man, gave it to just a few other church leaders as we gathered last month for a missions conference uh, because I was so blessed by it. And the, and the book that I, I wanna share with you today is this book right here. It's the book is called Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome by Kent and Barb Hughes. Uh, Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome by Kent and Barbara Hughes. I'll put the link in the description so you know where to find it and what's it called. But man, this book was actually written in 1987. Uh, 
Uh, so it's an oldie and a goodie, right? It's not, it wasn't promotion of like uh, the brand new book or this, that it's, it stood the test of time. And it talks a lot about what is success uh, and how do you define success? Uh, what does God say? What does he think success is? I have a couple of quotes for you as I always read books and underline things and highlight things. Um, you know, they say when success is the ministry, uh, when success in the ministry becomes the same as success in the world, the servant of God evaluates his success like a businessman or an athlete or a politician. And this is just such a solid quote because we have to make sure that when we're doing things of the Lord, we need to get his measure of success. We need to have him define things for us and be led by his spirit, not only how we do ministry, but how he defines what ministry is, a biblical approach. Uh, they continue on say this other quote said, there is no success apart from loving God. And you know, I could honestly say this book made me love God more and his heart for me as a church leader, as a church planner, as someone pouring into other people. It just reminded me of God's love for me and what he demands of me, what he expects of me is a response, is faithfulness, is loving him in the work that I do unto him and to worship. Uh, they continue to go and say the pursuit of holiness is essential if we are ever to know anything of real success. And so I, I was reminded of this. I want you to be reminded of this. Yes, this book was fire. And I have a whole two page, well, maybe even three pages of quotes that I can spout out right now, but I'm not going to do that because I have a Patreon page and you all can subscribe, join the Patreon page. I'm going to upload not only the book, but quotes that stood out to me in a PDF that you can actually read over and then tell me something that stood out to you. But one last quote before we end talking about this incredible book, uh, they say servanthood yields success because in serving we become more like Christ. I just love how they define success with biblical reminders. And so just to give you a preview of the book, not to ruin the book for you, listen to these chapter titles they have as definitions in this section of the book, part two of this book. Chapter three says success is faithfulness. Chapter four is on success is serving. Five is success is loving. The next chapter says success is believing. Chapter seven says success is prayer. Chapter eight tells us that success is holiness. And chapter nine, they say that success is attitude. Just think about that in your own walk with the Lord in your own service unto God. Are you, do you define success as being faithful, serving Jesus, loving God and loving others, believing in God, having a great amount of faith in everything that you do, taking time for prayer, walking in holiness, and then having an attitude of one that believes God, trusts in God, and just, man, speaks life into the situation. And so, yes, it's been written years ago, 1987, this book was written, but it's full of relevant wisdom for today. And I hope this recommendation blesses you as you go and serve the Lord. Be reminded of what he says. Uh, it's so, so, so important. And so I'll put the link in the description. Uh, I'll put the quotes in the Patreon page, uh, things that stood out to me. And I would just recommend you read this book and read it for yourself. Maybe I could be one of those podcast hosts that recommends amazing books and it affects your life as well. If so, 
let me know. I'd love to hear how it affect and change your life. And so Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome by Kent and Barbara Hughes. I highly recommend it. I hope it blesses you. And I want to be able to recommend more books to you as resources. And, you know, even if you don't buy the book at the Patreon page, you can get the quotes and uh, it can spark conversation and more content. Now, as we have all this extra content coming to you out on YouTube, on the Patreon page, I want to be able to highlight it and share with you on the podcast as well. And so I thought what I would do is I would share a section of an interview that I did with Esteban Valenzuela, Tiffany's husband. You just heard Tiffany preach and Esteban, he could preach too. Uh, He's a great preacher and he was actually just in Florida sharing at our church, sharing at a few different ministries. We flew him out. We had such a great time together. We went to a church planning conference together. We, with other pastors, we man hosted a whole bunch of meals of connection. We had our first missions conference that he was able to connect with other missionaries and church planners. Um, and we just did an abundance of amazing things. And as we were talking and hanging out, I was reminded of his cool story. Um, and I wanted to really focus on that. I started to think about this interview and think about, man, all the amazing lessons and things that I can learn from Esteban about his venture of planting a church, not only in um, a big city, but in a uh, cross-cultural and a different language. And and there's just a glean of wisdom. But he has this crazy story that was brought to my attention that I wanted to bring to our audience and our community's attention. This guy got arrested by the FBI. That's right. You heard me right. It's, it's true. He has a crazy story about how God broke him down and arrested him by the FBI. Uh, and um, in the moment of that huge trial where he's having to tell his wife, realistically, I may be going to jail, the Lord called him to plant a church. And that's when I met him. And so as uh, he was going through this trial, the Lord called him to plant a church. And and so we just talk about this in this interview. And I thought I would share a little bit of his calling and his story with you today. And so here is a preview of my Patreon interview with Esteban Valenzuela on how God prepared him and led him in the wilderness. But let's talk a little bit of how God prepared you in the wilderness. Why would you never take that back? How important was that almost 40 months of being arrested, being on bail, going through suffering? How did that prepare you for church planning in a way where if someone gave you $50,000, it would not prepare you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this life that we have with the Lord, we are called to live by faith. And, and I think that we can be convinced that, yeah, I have faith. And, and I knew Jesus at that point for at least, what, seven, eight years. Uh, so if you would have asked me, are you a man of faith? I could have looked you in the eye and with conviction said yes. You know, But um, mm-hmm. through that trial, God also gave me another vision at one point. And it was a vision of my heart. And it's kind of interesting. I was in a, like a chamber of my heart and I was pinned to the wall because there was a big stone in, in, in that chamber of my heart. And, and I knew that it represented unbelief, Hmm. you know? And so, so, you know, God was dealing with me in that, you know, my unbelief and showing me, teaching me, training me to have faith, you know? And, but it was the, the spiritual work that God did in me uh, during that time, baptizing me in his spirit at a, at a men's conference in Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley. 
and really just bringing me into that rest that you find in Jesus. I didn't understand it. You know, the rest of God is something that's literally spiritually discerned and, and taught by the Lord, you know, you to get it. And he, he just, he revealed it to me, you know, and, uh, one, one time during this, during this season, um, I got a letter from the state of California saying that somebody had taken action against my real estate appraiser's license. I was barely surviving. I think at this point I was actually getting, having some faith and I began to have a little bit of joy, got this letter and we couldn't pay our mortgage at the time. So it was just like this, this wave of a flood that came in. So I set myself to pray and fast. I'm like with vigor. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I need some answers. I need, I need help. God. Me and my wife got on the floor and, and we put those documents in the floor and we, we, we prayed and God gave her a word. It said, look, it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit declares the Lord of hosts, you know? And, and, and we know the context of that verse. And, and that was a, a perfect application for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I fasted for, for uh, a good amount of time and, and, and God just gave me the grace to do it, you know, but he didn't give me answers for that letter or you know, our, our, our mortgage situation. What he did was he took me through Luke 24, the, the things that happened after the resurrection, the empty tomb, him coming to the, the men on the road to Emmaus, opening their hearts, give, showing them himself through the, the law and the prophets, you know, and then this other group, he does the same. He just reveals himself to them through all these things in the Old Testament. He could have done this before, you know, but he, he was just doing something special. And that's what he was doing, man. He was just like unlocking my heart and just revealing himself to me, you know, and it was just real, you know, that Jesus is reality, yeah. you know, and, and it changed my life. And, and I came out of that time with that. And that's what I would do it all over again for that, because that has been my constant anchor in, in life, in marriage, in everything, you know, in church planting this, this, this work of Jesus. You know, him showing himself, you know, and and being real. Well, that was just a preview and you can find the whole interview on the Patreon page link in description below. It's a long uh, interview, an amazing story and in depth more in church planning and all that God has done in his life and how he's been using some lessons learned. It's about a 45 minute interview. Uh, I had a great time talking with him here in this office. And so um, you definitely want to check that out in the Patreon page for more interviews like that. There's already an interview uh, that I did with my good friend Pilgrim Benham on church planning, how he not only planted one church, but two churches and the things he's learned. And then also a good friend, AJ Pierre is already up there as well. And so make sure you check that out because we, in this new format, in these more segments of our podcast, I'm only dropping lessons, uh, and episodes every other week. That's, that's right. You heard it. You probably noticed that these episodes are a little longer. That's because I'm doing every other week with the video and uh, audio podcast. And this way you have space to actually watch all of it, watch extra content that I'm throwing up on YouTube and these Patreon interviews. And so I just want to make sure we're able to consistently provide um, good content for you um, that will actually bless you uh, to be able to pour into you and encourage you as a church leader. And so having episode every, every uh, episodes every other week, it will allow me to really provide great content that is valuable to you because I know your time is important and uh, I appreciate you spending time with me. And so I, I'd love for you to tell others 
other people about this ministry, this podcast, and then the ministry of EE Leaders. You can go to eeleaders.com to find out all the stuff we're doing on our YouTube page, uh, the social media, the Patreon page. And I just want to thank you for watching on YouTube uh, this first episode of Season 5 or listening on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, or Stitcher. Uh, And if you want a platform that you want to actually listen to on, let me know and I'll throw it up on there. But those are some heavy hitters, the way that you can listen or watch on all these platforms. And uh, man, it's good to be able to celebrate a new season with you. And so I hope that this season one was a blessing, but what I want to do is give you another season immediately. I'm not going to wait another two weeks for us to talk and hang out. That's right. Episode two is out right now. You can go ahead and click on the video or subscribe and understand that this content is coming to you consistently and weekly. And so check out the YouTube page, subscribe, but thank you so much for spending time with me and we will see you on the next episode. 